chilling the hell out. I've got Ryan Gleeson with me today, better known as Gleeson. How are you, champion? I'm well, thank you. Jackson, you well? How are you? I'm cruising, dude. Already uh, smashed a podcast out this morning. All the yeah. Sa- yeah. And we've got one more to go after you, mate. So okay. <laughs> oh, uh, we're, we're chilling in my bloody kitchen. Bank them up. That's Bank them up. The yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, welcome to the Drinks with Jackson podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jackson. Today joining us is Gleeso. So uh, what are we drinking today, champion? Uh, you have kindly given me an East Bendigo Brewing Coat Extra Pale Ale. What do you yeah. think? Um, I, I really like it. It's something that I could could have enjoyed yesterday. Um, Whilst you're listening to the hottest 100 in the heat in the pool, um, definitely not feeling the five and a half percent. Yeah, so what yeah. I call it smashable. Smashable. Yeah. So uh, beer brewed and canned in East Bendigo, Victoria, Australia, by the East Bendigo Brewing Company, Mayfair Park Estate. Uh, yeah, the pride of the east, always independent. There's not really much to go off other than the 1.6 standards per mm-hmm. can. So, and we we're just talking about the um, Brooks Brewing as well, which are, I suppose the same sort of sister company or whatever, and they make a, a really nice uh, parallel. Is it the Passion Project? You reckon? Yeah, I don't know much. I, I hesitate to uh, comment. Comment, yeah, but <laughs> out of my depth. Yeah. Who knows? It might, it might be there. Yeah. But they make a lot of the same stuff, so yeah. Um, maybe just having an extra brand out there can take up more shelf space. Yeah, that's true. Um, first week back at school, mm-hmm. young teacher boy. Yeah, started Friday. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then got the kiddies tomorrow. So fun times. Uh, yeah, I'm in a new role this year, so yeah, uh, trying something new, doing uh, performing arts, so a bit of music, um, drama, that sort of stuff with the kids. Uh, have been teaching for 10 years Gee, in the classroom that's gone real quick and uh, I believe I had maybe I think other teachers might uh, agree with me as well the 10 year blues or something along those lines were just a bit stagnant a bit stale and yeah, it's, it's getting hard to be motivated especially with the, the last three years the way they have been yeah, yeah. Um, and so an opportunity came up and I took it uh, so yeah something different this year so refreshing I suppose and maybe reinvigorate myself what were you doing prior to that just in the classroom just, yeah what year, grades year 4 year 2 year 1 year 5 Gee whiz. 5, 6 yeah. juggling a fair few different... all over the place yeah yeah um, yeah so I'm looking forward to getting back into work mode because the holidays while they're they're great I never complain about holidays yeah but I get a bit lazy yeah and uh spend a lot of time on the couch even or on the golf course or at the bar um, I don't get don't get much done but yeah. when I'm in work mode you know my house is going to be you know, the lawns are going to be immaculate and <laughs> the house will be clean and everything will be done just because I'm not in holiday mode anymore yeah. so I'm looking forward to just getting back into work mode oh 100% mm. it's, it's amazing sort of like uh, what a routine will do for you yes uh, especially I need a routine without yeah. that, um, I'm uh, a slob. Oh, me too. <laughs> Count me in. So I met you through Brad Robinson. And Correct. the first yep. time I met you was at his 21st birthday when you did the speech at the Stanhope Hall. Mm. Uh, and I just thought, fuck, this guy's a character. <laughs> and and from, the, from then, obviously, uh, you stuck around a little bit around the traps. Obviously, you played a few seasons in the twos. Was yeah, it? One, one year at Stanhope. One year at Stanhope, yeah. yeah. It was good fun seeing you around yeah. the traps. I'm not a footballer by any stretch. It was more just a, yeah. So Brad, another teacher, a mutual friend of ours, and um, 
went to uni with him in Bendigo. Um, and he just said, I want to come out for a kick. Uh, why not, I suppose? And dislocated my shoulder. And that's, that's uh, troubled me ever since. This is getting into being like, what, 12 years ago or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, we met uh, yeah through Brad, through the footy club. Yeah. Um, I remember you being just a... I think you were playing thirds, a bit of twos. Um, so the young, young whippersnapper, um, get around everyone, uh, you know, character. Um, and one thing that stood out, looking back, um, your in industriousness, your entrepreneurship. I remember you selling horse shit, mate. I, my my yeah, family yeah. fucking come from yeah. nothing, so it was either yeah. for me to get pocket money, I'd help sell yeah. horse shit, because dad was a still trained strutters, yeah. but that was the only way I made fucking money. And so that's uh, looking at you now. Mm. It's you know you could tell back then that uh, yeah this fellow's a grinder. He's going to work hard. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that yeah the other day. I yeah, appreciate it, buddy. He was a kid selling horse poo on the side of the road on the side of the highway and. Yeah. yeah, that has obviously led you to all the hard work you're doing now and um, the success you're having. So I appreciate that's it. That's what I remember from back then. But yeah, yeah. The, the 21st you're talking about. I remember the speech. Yeah, I did an acrostic poem. You did. I can't remember anything about it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I thought, oh, who does the best speeches? It's always the girlfriends at the girls' 21st, and it's always something cheesy like an acrostic poem. So I thought, I better Why not do the that. lads? I better do that. Yeah. Like if it works for them, it should work for us. And oh, it obviously did. So yeah, definitely. It left an impression. On oh, it did. Yeah. I, I think too, like, um, I've never been a sports person either. And so that's sort of looking back now, it's probably where I could draw a similarity with you to some extent. It's you, you play the sport not to be good at it or to win, but you do it because of the people around. Correct. And. Yeah, like, uh, involvement, like, uh, people take sport way too seriously around here, especially in, like, the lower grades. Mm-hmm. Just in, in cricket at the moment, it's beers, banter, and then cricket. Cricket comes third always. Oh, absolutely. And that's the same with my cricket club in Gordon. We're yeah. just, we're there to hang out with one another, and it just so happens we do that on a cricket field. Um, that's, that's a good place to hang out. Yeah, it's, it's it almost... sucks, but yeah. <laughs> being on the cricket field, but uh, for some reason... It's like a men's shed, with, but yeah. of like yeah. the younger generation. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't know why we're dumb enough to do it. Um, I hadn't played for two years, and I thought, oh, it's the holidays again. I thought, well, I've got a bit of time. I'll, I'll, go, on a, I'll go out for training. And the night training was meant to be on. There was a T20. I'm like, oh, I suppose I'll play then. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, so it'll probably be another two years before I set foot back on the, the cricket field um, no but it was good good to uh, get around the fellas again and yeah. have a few excuse me you're right a few froths after um, they come out alright actually too uh, the offies yeah just little tweakers they're carded but they, they come out alright that's so good that was all I was hoping for I just didn't want to be bowling wides all night <laughs> oh, right, nothing like extras that's what I bloody donkey drops and mooncakes that's what I'm known for but uh, look our um, similarities there's probably more than you think because I'm no sportsman by any stretch either. So, um, and yeah, the sports I play are more just to be around other people. So, golf is my main one, and then cricket when I can be bothered. Yeah, yeah, golf is just to go and have some beers, and then golf comes second. Um, and I've also got involved now with the uh, Shepherd and Gators. I've, I've got no basketball talent 
at all. Yeah. It just so happens I've got some friends that are playing and coaching and I thought, well, fuck it, let's get around a team. So that you don't have to be playing the sport, I suppose, is what I'm saying, to get around a team and to um, be a part of a culture, be part of an environment, to have success. So I'm their team manager, I'll you know, wash the towels and fill the drink bottles and all that, you know, the, probably the unsung work, the shit work. Yeah. Um, but that's been a lot of fun. I've done that for the last three years. And um, yeah, like it's just a, another way to be around sport and teams without actually having to be talented at all. And that's the thing too. Like I think we're, we haven't really veered far from, you know, like it's, it's not as though we've moved 4,000 kilometers away, mm. you know, to Perth. But if you were to ever move, I think the first thing you would do is try and get around a sporting club. Yeah. And you find, like, the guys around there, by you know, you'll have a lot more in common than what you wouldn't mm-hmm. for starters. And if you say, you know, you, you put that, that front foot forward and introduce yourself and see what you can do around the joint, like, it's yeah, you'll take it in good stride, wouldn't definitely it? Helps. Definitely You're not always going to find a good group. Let's say you're moving, it'll be for work. You won't find people that you click with necessarily at your work. Even like the only thing in common would probably be your job with a lot of them. Yeah. It's a lot harder to, um, to find some other common interests. But yeah, a sports club um, or even like a, some other social social club, whether it's a um, like the brewery or something, hang around there for, for a, you know, a little while, you'll find some people that you're going to click with or it might be a... Uh, uh, you know, go and join a band or something like that if you want, you know, yeah, some sort of community starts. thing. If, oh, you, well, you know, if you know they're an art group or a book club, yeah, lots of things. That, oh, there's so many things out there. It's putting just... yourself out there, which I'm not, I shouldn't be preaching this because I'm one of the shyest people going around, but uh, that's maybe a sports club would be better because you can just sort of do your own thing for a bit, start to assimilate, not assimilate, start to uh, mingle with the people around and. I usually wait for someone to come up and say good day to me, but uh, um, I'm in the right place at least to, to meet some people. That's um, good. Yeah, get in a new group. Hell yeah. So outside of teaching and school holidays, what really got you into the job? Like what really thought, fucking, I'm going to go to uni for a few fair few years and... All right, this is a, a hard question to answer because I've known I wanted to be a teacher since primary school, really. Really? I think so, yeah. Like I've... I always enjoyed helping, um, you know, showing someone how to do something, even as a kid. Um, yeah, loved showing someone how to do something, help my mates, you know, in maths class at high school, and, you know, I finished it early and helped them with it. Or, uh, you know, teaching, even playing in a band and just helping, like, here, you know, play it like this or, um, you know, try it like this. I just always liked helping. I liked seeing people succeed. Yep. Um, uh, so that goes back to, yeah, early high school, maybe even primary school. There's other things I wanted to do. Like I had pipe dreams of like, oh, yeah, I'd love to be a chef. Worked in a kitchen for a while. Definitely didn't want to do it after that. Yeah, I'd love to be a, a physio or something in health. And like, they're still in there as well. Like, I, you know, if I ever needed a career change, it would probably be to like One of those. nursing or something. Um but teaching was always something like I'd enjoy it and I do enjoy it. The holidays aren't. Definitely wasn't for that. It was more, yeah, the... That self-fulfillment, being yeah, able to sort of yeah, change people's just lives like, to yeah, some helping. Yeah. Um, and I have always had good memories of school as well. So I um, had lots of teachers that I just, like, absolutely rate. 
loved being in their class. Um, I thought, well, if I could be half as good as them, yeah, or leave half as good as impression on some kids, I'm going to be happy. Uh, and like, so I'm really excited for tomorrow and this year. I'm, I'm now doing something, a job that I love teaching, but now I'm also teaching like content that I'm really passionate about music and, and you know, performing arts um, for the first time. And I've always found the last 10 years, my best lessons have been, and the, the best reaction that students give is when I've been really passionate about something and getting right into it. Because I could waffle for, for hours to kids about, you know, space or they've, not, they've asked me one question about something and that's led into this massive tangent. That's when they seem most engaged. So I'm excited to be teaching something that I'm passionate about for the whole time. Yeah. Um, and hopefully get students excited about you know, the arts as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, I've got an exciting year coming up. Yeah, that's so good. Especially like the idea of having a career that's self-fulfilling. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm nowhere near that. Working at the factory grinding and I thought, well, 2023 is the year for me yeah. and everyone else. You know, we've survived COVID. We're, we're all good. Let's actually put a bit of effort into like a passion project or something that really gets you going and contribute to something that's, you know, positive. And that's the podcast for you. And that's the potty, the beer reviews, yeah. the stand-up comedy. And because I'm a degenerate, uh, I don't mind poker. So yeah, yeah it's really those three for me. Smart man. Um, okay. What's yeah. your dream job? Oh, let, let, let's flip the tables here. I'll ask you the question. So, I'm in my dream job. Yeah. What's yours? Look, I'd love to do three podcasts a week. Yeah. And just do the Australian circuit playing poker. Okay. The old APL. Um, yeah, there's a, you know, World Series of Poker pops up in uh, July. Head over yeah. there for a couple of months. Yeah, like, cool. and, and just sort of riff between that, drinking craft beer and interviewing cool people. Yeah. Like... I think there's there's enough content and yeah, shit yeah. to keep you well, busy. That's, that's a legitimate career now as well, is creating. So not so much just presenting, but creating. Yeah. Like, I'm a big fan of YouTube. Yeah. I watch a lot of YouTube, and mostly it's golf people, or uh, uh, lately I've been watching a lot of wood turning. Wood, <laughs> hey, you hey, see, you see it. Oh, it's incredible. So good. I nearly bought a lathe like, about six oh, months wow. ago. I found one on Gumtree. Yeah. I mean, I looked for it. <laughs> and found one in Tatura good price like oh should I my shed's are fucking they're mess. fucking dangerous though yeah I, I get the old uh, the, the lathe uh, video off Facebook or Instagram reels yeah. where a guy loses half of his beard or oh. you know like no and, but my problem is I'd obsess over it for a month and then, then you'd be like, off it the ADHD would kick in I'd go on to the next thing yeah and so the lathe wouldn't get touched for another two years until I obsess over that again so I saved myself a bit of money but oh man so yeah things like that um, so I watch the golf creators um, yeah the woodwork sort of guys and like they've got their job is their, their content yeah and it's now a legitimate legitimate co- uh, job career path yeah. is pro- like producing content and yeah. if you can find and I'm always thinking of, geez, what would be what would be mine if I was going to go down that path of, you know, having a podcast and making videos and things like that. And I still haven't figured out yeah. what would work, but if you can find the right, you know, when it's, it's not saturated, like golf I would never do because yeah. there's so much of it. There's even bad golfers making content. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't even do that. Um, but yeah, like 
and you've just you've got started yeah you're on your way already and that, that's the thing too like I, I don't really care if no one listens to these because it's just I, I obviously because you got me on so well, <laughs> no one's going to listen oh, but, yeah. like you know how arrogant do you need to be to you know do a drinks with Jackson podcast like who the fuck's Jackson yeah. you know what I mean so Ari Shafir perfect example as he was starting stand up comedy he supported himself through poker mm. like he's an absolute shark He's got a new special on YouTube called Jew. If you uh, haven't seen it, I strongly suggest I you go. A comedian would be quite good at poker. Yeah. And comedians are naturally good at reading people. Yeah. And being a character as well. Yeah. And I imagine, I don't know him. Like, that's the first time I've heard his Oh, name. mate, so, you, you do yourself a favour. Yeah. The Savo, Jew. 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 It's got like six million views and a lot of them are sort of veering away from Netflix. But yeah, is obviously Jewish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the capacity to read people as, you know, oh, I might have to not do this joke based on the audience's yeah. interpretation of the last couple. Um, and yeah, just putting out fun content that, you know, the likes of a person driving a semi in central Queensland or doing the Melbourne to Sydney route, you know, they just flick on and listen to a podcast and yep. have a bit of a laugh, you know. Mm. It's, you know, yeah. just trying to keep it positive. No, that's good, yeah. Um... So, yeah, good luck to you anyway. I'm oh, thanks, bro. And this will be episode ba, 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 four, which will be... Two, that's my number, man. Is it? Oh, that's, I've lucked out. That's unreal. Eight, eighth of Feb. It'll eighth be out. Yeah. Eighth of Feb, it'll be launched, which be... I'm, I'm happy with number four. That's awesome. Yeah. No, so, I, listen, I listen to you first, so I just want to get a vibe of the thing. Because um, yeah. it's two out at the minute. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think it's cool. Yeah, just some, it's just a chat. Some chit-chat. Um, like, I like your, your angle, your curiosity about, you know things you don't know about me or the, the person across from you so yeah um i think that's cool yeah it's, it's something different yeah. yeah cool well that that's the thing yeah. like ha- having something niche and then involving the the craft beer which i love mm. um back in covid i did the uh blocking up everyone's social media feed with the beer reviews <laughs> and like you could see the you know progressiveness of you know me getting drunk and then yeah. cooking some food at <laughs> some ungodly hour whilst finishing the the final skews of a brewery but um outside of the uh you know the the benefits of teaching which is you know self-fulfilling helping people what what challenges do you see as a teacher particularly you know in the uh public school sector um you could even factor in our Mm. geographical location yeah look i know where you're getting at and yeah um the, the cohort the students aren't the biggest challenge um, for me anyway and yep. I don't know other teachers might agree might disagree my biggest challenge is me um, and motivation and organisation those sorts of things so if if I'm if I've put in the work and I've you know got everything ready and I'm really organised then nothing stops me um, and I think a lot of teachers would agree with that my biggest challenge is yeah I get complacent yep um, I, I leave things I'm like how oh, to be right and then when I need it, it's not ready. So I've just got to riff and I get, I get by, but that's when it's hard. When I've, I've just been a bit slack or I've been a bit yeah, complacent, in a, you know, just in the groove, um, staying safe and doing the minimum. Some weeks I'll just scrape by with the bare minimum. That's when work becomes hard. Um, so, yeah, that's the biggest challenge. It's definitely not the kids. It's It's not the hours it's not the workload it's not the resources it's 
the teacher. So yep. if if you've got good motivation, um, good organisation, or you know, you could teach anyone anywhere, anytime, with yep. whatever, with nothing, with everything. Yeah, um, that's probably not the answer you're expecting, but uh, no, like yeah, it, it definitely uh, made me think as though it, not necessarily in primary school. Um, so we moved up to Stanhope in grade three. So what? Tw- 2004 and it was the midst of the drought up here Um, and our classroom I think at Stanhope prior to that I was in a Catholic primary school in Geelong I don't think I learned anything up until grade Mm 5 at Stanhope like I just felt as though what we'd been taught previously as to what we were then being taught in Mm -hmm. a classroom in the middle of nowhere to some extent were two different things. It was just printing off a bloody math speed sheet. Yeah. And you could definitely see the disparity between the teachers as far as, uh, as far as preparation. Yeah. And that's sort of the, uh, so that, that's my point. The, yeah. The, you could pick it up as well. At, like, as a kid, but you don't really start to relate to that until you're in VCE. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, I'm trying to get this, this, uh, this uh I don't, I don't know what they were called bloody uh, sack or something uh, yeah preparation yeah. for a sack yeah, studying, yeah. or a, a portfolio for an art class mm. and you're up at i was asking dad to wake me up at four o'clock so i could get a good three four hours of study in in the lead up to something yeah, okay. and then you get to school and your teacher's hair's a mess and <laughs> they're flustered and you're drawing like oh you know we're dealing with the same thing it's like just yeah. you know it's uh drawing that similarity and it, it definitely you, you get a mutual respect i think like yeah. it's, it's all about awareness once to you're some an adult extent. you realize what it means to like work and be an adult and, yeah um but like as a student you can tell when a teacher is actually caring about something and you you buy in yeah as a kid and i oh. see that as well when i'm like if i'm passionate about something the kids buy in yeah and if i'm organize the kids buy in yep. and if i am you know half-assing something the kids pick up yep. and they will half-ass as well i had this uh teacher and where we used to hang out it was outside sea wing at kai high which i think is now demolished but he used to see her walk in halfway through lunchtime and she'd fill up both whiteboards and it was just you'd go to the class period five and it was dictation you just used to write exactly what was off the board. You couldn't ask questions. It, it was it was flat. And by the end of the year, like, you know, the teacher-parent interviews, you'd go and they'd bring your book and it's spotless, it's full. But I haven't learned anything. I, I can't ask questions like that. That's not how I learn. I'm more of a hands-on, yeah. conversationalist, buddy, that's asking that's, questions. That's, that's, there's another challenge. So, again, behaviour and you know demographics and stuff is so down the list of challenges yeah there's that differentiating so catering for every learner there's another challenge but if you're organized you can do that and if you're creative you can plan a lesson that just it's very nature caters for every learner you can give the one assignment um some people call them like a rich task you know because they can do everything you can give one question one assignment and a kid that you know, 
a bookworm. They want to write it here. They can succeed at that task. A hands-on kid can succeed at that task. Um, you know, anyone can do it. it. It can be done really complex, so your brainy kids can succeed. It can be done really easily, so the lower kids can also succeed. So if you're really creative as a teacher um, and put in the time to make this, and it's working smart, not hard, making a task that everyone can do, um, that's when, yeah, they're the ones, the lessons that you look back on, geez, that was, that was a good one. Yeah. I'm putting that in the, in the pocket, I'm bringing that out again, um, because it was just such a a good one. And you have ones like that, you're like, oh, that actually went better than I thought. You know, everyone has just kicked goals here. Uh, It's just amazing. Like, I can't wait to go and tell my team, like, I just did this activity and like, everyone, you know, Jackson, who never does any work, he was, he just had his paddle pop sticks and was just killing it the whole time. And, and, you know, Sally over there, who, you know, is three three grades above where she should be, she, made she did all this, you know, made it harder and imagined it was like, um, they're, they're the good ones. But then the flip side is also true. You spend ages thinking, oh, I've made this, this is going to be a great lesson. And you go and teach it and it's just a flop. <laughs> and that one does, and like, oh, how did this go so wrong? I've spent an hour on this one task and yeah. I thought it was going to be fantastic and then no one does it right or like I explain it perfectly and that just goes shit so you get the both oh 100% yeah. and like oh, definitely drawing similarities out of that um, I had a fill in maths teacher and it was in year 9 and Brad who got our ducks for the year haven't heard a word from him don't know where he is we've got our 10 year reunion this year I'm pretty sure he really struggled at this task it was like wooden blocks mm. and like depth and volume yes, and yeah. ev- everyone who uh, who was really good in like the viscom the art space like the creativity was yeah. able to d- succeed far better like more hands on even the kids that were really good at woodwork mm. were far able to succeed more than the uh, typical bookworm this, this sort of activity comes up in that plan every fucking year yeah it's a, a pile of blocks and it might be a six by six by six but then like this half bit's of missing. them are taken away so you've got to work out how many are left and yeah you have to count well if there's six across there's definitely six yeah I know the task you're talking yeah, about yeah like the, the visual yeah. aspects and the you know thinking outside and mm-hmm. taking a chance and even if you get it wrong justifying as to how you got to your answer I, I, you know it's it's a that's an answer in itself that's why you always see on tests show you're working out yeah because you could be right you can get the question 100% right even if you've written the wrong answer down if you've done the right working out um, but this Brad guy that couldn't get it this is where the the organisation so as a teacher if they're organised they would have blocks set up in the classroom for for this kid to use if he yeah. can't visualize it you make it for him and then he can actually see the blocks yeah but when you're oh, i'll just do this activity all right let's do it and this is this has happened to me I'm like yeah this would be a good one so i've got this blocks activity you know it's great for space and, and um visualizing and things like that and you look back at the end of it and see someone like your mate that struggled like oh shit yeah i should have had some blocks for him that would have he would have really done well with that it's too late at the end of it. Well, I mean, that's half of our job as well is reflecting on our practice. Yeah. Because um, it's all about improving and you know, continuously getting better. So we're always... That's what the other thing I like about teaching. 
Fizz in this beer, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's got a fair bit of fizz in it. Don't worry about it. Don't, um, mate, it's raw. It's I don't just want the, on your podcast. So. Mate, like, this isn't the Roadcaster Pro. We're in my bloody kitchen. Yeah. When I move to Kai and I've got a dedicated workspace, different story. Then, mate, so this is raw. I produce like, a podcast on the Roadcasters and, yeah, they're unreal. You good? They're good, yeah. Fuck yeah. What's up? But what I was saying, um, yeah, that's, we always reflect. That's what I like about the job as well is uh, one of my, uh, values is curiosity mm. um, always wanting to to learn something more and so that's a bonus in teaching we always get to learn more we never stop learning and part of that is reflecting on what we've done in the past and so yeah. when you have that activity that if you're not organised and you've just pulled it out and you're like you think yeah fuck, I should have given this kid some blocks to do it on that would have been perfect mm. you'd learn it for next time but if I'd have put a bit more thought into it beforehand, I would have had them ready. You'd be all right. Yeah, so yeah. that went back, goes back to that first challenge I was telling you about um, as myself. Yeah. Like, just when I'm, there's occasions where I'm just a bit slack and not organised and that's when I don't like myself as a teacher. Yep. But uh, yeah, when I am organised, motivated, prepared and not complacent, that's when the best teaching happens. Hell yeah. Yeah. Do you, so my very first girlfriend outside of high school, um, you know, she went to GV grammar, Mm -hmm. uh, went down to Melbourne uni on a full scholarship. Mm -hmm. Everything that I wasn't pretty much. Do you feel as though the resources, uh, like out of touch to some extent, as far as, you know, kids trying Mm -hmm. to make it to that next step, you know the the whole private schooling to public schooling the resources. You could you could always you could always have a wish list a mile long of yeah. fuck I love this and my gosh, and, this and this and this and be really unris- unrealistic. I was thinking that you might have asked me something like this. Um, so, is your are you leaning towards the difference between private and public schooling? Well, not not only that, but just like the disparity of opportunity. You know, it, it feels as though a lot of private school people, it's you're networking, which it's you know yeah. later in life, it's the whole so not what you know, it's who you know. The biggest the biggest factor for succeeding at school is not what school you go to. It's your they say it's your postcode, or but it's really it's your. Um, like your family income like it's your socioeconomic yeah that's the biggest indicator of um, achieving achieving at school and that when you look at it that's why private schools always have the highest results yeah because they're from the more well off families yeah and the the lower socioeconomic families will just go to any school and all schools give great education all teachers, they're all trained the same way. They, they all do the same professional learning. They all mostly use the same resources. Um, and like, you could move teachers around schools all the time and the same schools will still have the same results. Yeah. And, it, and it's all, it's proven. Like it, there's data to back this oh, up. Oh, 100%. It's, it's your postcode or like, well, in Shepherd and we all have the same postcode. But, but even it's, kids it's on the farm, like yeah. ca- catching the bus after school. And I remember VCE, you know, one of my favourite teachers, Mr. Playdale, like he was my English teacher. He'd do after school classes 
but I couldn't go to it because no. mum's doing shift work, dad's Swan Hill, and I have to catch the bus. Um, just the challenges, I think, being like in the country. Yeah, and so there's that's another thing, that's that postcode. So yeah. in the country, there are other burdens on families and on kids that aren't in the city, aren't present in the city, and, and quite often, you know, education, vision, and policies are they're built around the majority which is the majority are in the cities um, but there, there's been a more of a focus shift into hey, how, how do we look after the regional kids um, but yeah if you've got support at home and you know a family that can you know buy you books there's just even that if, if your family can afford books they're already a few runners up the ladder. Yep. And there are, sadly, families that, that books aren't a priority at the minute. And, yep. you know, quite often it's, it's those family. It's, it's, yeah, it's your family rather than your school is what I'm trying to get at. I'm not trying to bash on anyone. I know. Oh, yeah, 100%. But, um, yeah, it's not I totally agree there's, with there's like... Pe- there's people that, yeah, I've got a private school, they'll, they'll get better results. Yeah. But it's, it's really the family situation. That's, e- even... Like back in the day, there were there were memos going out to kids to put your bag in the locker because kids were stealing other kids' food out of their bags. Now, you don't do things like that unless you're not getting fed at home. Mm. And I think it takes that foresight to just look a bit further. And yeah. your frustration and anger like, fucking someone's gone through my lunchbox, actually turns into empathy. Like, yeah. what can we do to make this person's life just a little bit easier? And what's that? What's the saying that's changed the story? Not the... I can't think of it at the minute. Like, but it's, yeah, not the conversation or something like that. Or change the conversation, not the story. I always like, think of, yeah. if, you, if, you're not, if you're not a part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Yeah, that's, that's another... That, that relates, that, yeah. That, that really sort of ties into yeah. it a fair bit. Yeah, if there's kids stealing food, um, you don't just punish kids stealing food, but you, yeah, you, you look at it deeper. And there, there is... Oh, um, the state education, so um, I think most around Australia, there's a big push on mental health now in schools. Yeah. Um, and, like, every primary school now has to have a mental health well-being person. Yeah. Like, teacher that's... Um, their job is like a, a well-being leader, so I think that's fantastic because that's that's the next challenge like um, coming up like yeah. over the next you know long term. It's probably I, I probably have should have gone to someone or spoken about like my resentment and frustration, but it's definitely made me a part of who I am today mm. as far as like the work ethic. And generally, like, I won't really befriend someone who went to a private school or have had things given to them. And, and, and it's not their fault. It's just, like, their parents... Ask you this, though. ...have had those resources. Talking to someone at Wildlife at the brewery. Yeah, yeah. One of the, our favourite places to go to. Yeah. And you're getting along fine with them. Can you tell if they've been to private school or not? Nah, but it's, like, I've had housemates and they've spruiked on it. Ah, that's different though. That, that yeah. those those are the yeah. ones. Yeah. So it's not are, that they've been. It's just that they. they the really that really fucking let you know like that vegans. I've done this. Oh man, fuck <laughs> vegans! Hey, vegans are preaching whilst they're wearing bloody leather boots. 
Well, you can't tell anymore. The fake leather looks pretty good. The, so yeah, I'm, I'm never too quick to judge. Outside of the price tag on those Doc Martin non-vegan, <laughs> bloody non-fucking whatever. I just, I do. I'm happy with vegans. I've got vegan friends and they're good people. Yeah, it's just for me. But I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, like you would be friends with people that went to private school, but not the ones that. Oh, I went here, so you know. Yeah, yeah. but then again, a, like a really good mate of mine, Celia, did pony trots with her. Her dad loved the trots from uh, near Yarrawonga have a massive farm her and her siblings all went to PLC I think that's one of the biggest female high schools in Melbourne but you know she's a lawyer she's a lawyer and she's down to earth so you wouldn't necessarily know that she did all that unless you delve deep but it's the ones that really put it in your face and this is where I come from and you know and then they really start to critique you as like what what do you bring to the table well there, there's that is a big flag as well like a lot of conversations start with hey where'd you go to school like that's important like yeah who cares yeah. We're, yeah. we're in the same shit all yeah, together that's right you know we're, we're trying to bloody pay our bills and keep mm. things going and do something on the weekend like we're all the same person at the yeah. end of the day yeah but um i'm gonna we'll, we'll pause it here for a bit one because i gotta go to the loo Two, because we're getting pretty close to the cutoff and we've still got a lot to talk about. Oh, wow. So I reckon uh, we'll have an episode four part A and an episode four part B. Yeah. So uh, I came in here thinking, how am I going to fill the time? Mate, we're, we're, we're in the 40 minute, we're in the 40 minute <laughs> section right. now. We haven't even gotten into the music, bro. No, right. So uh, stay tuned, guys. Uh, crack open another beer and just uh, bear with us. Cheers. See ya.